Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice and my phobias. Are you about to cry? From a Reformed you Baptist cry, perspective. You're going to cry, bro? You, listen, you know I don't cry. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, I do. don't cry. You what have, you, have you ever seen me even get close to crying? Uh, right here. Yes, no, tonight. first of all, oh, you saw me yes. freak out a little bit. Joe. A little bit. Joe, don't lie. But you, there was no there was no, no crying no, no, no. involved. Joe, you made it to, uh, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Oh, if I was don't, leaving. If you don't kill that spider, nobody knows I'm what you're talking about. Nobody knows what you're talking about. From last the no, last no, episode. People, but people might not have listened to the last episode. Oh, okay. Either way, no, but you Joe's a big baby. Okay, fine. But you people have to explain what happened. Fine. A spider was coming down from the ceiling and Joe freaked out like a little baby. Yeah, that's about right. That's yeah. about right. Yeah, I don't have a problem with oh, it. Oh, if you don't kill it, if you don't kill it, I'm leaving. <laughs> well, first of all, I said, if you don't kill it, I'm going to leave. That's that's why I didn't like whine about it. I just told you what's yeah, up. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, people can, is it on, is it, did you put that in the audio? Uh, Not the crying part, because I no, felt there's sorry no for crying. you. I there's felt no sorry crying. for you. All right, look, I don't like spiders. Dude, that was more than I don't like spiders. Yeah, a lot. I don't like spiders a lot. No, Joe. Bro. Dude, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of anything? Spiders. Spiders. That's it. That's the only thing. I get one thing. I Women. got spiders. I chose spiders. Cats. No. I like cats. Mice. I like killing them. Um, all right. So, yeah. Okay. So, big, ah, hey, <laughs> I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois, and that's Jimmy Fowler. He's perpetual elder candidate here at Redeemer <laughs> Fellowship. How you feeling, Joe? You feel better? No, I'm not feeling better. That's a big stinking spider hovering over my head, and you were just like so staring at me. So, true or false? Yeah. You made me kill it. Absolutely. True or false? Are you mad that I used your uh, pencil to do it? Yeah, I, I told you not to. <laughs> I used my giant pencil eraser on my giant pencil uh, to kill it, and now it's all, like, whatever. It's gunked up. Dude, <laughs> I've never seen Joe like that. Yeah, no, because I don't, that's not how I behave typically. But if there's a, here's the thing. If the spider is on the floor, I'm okay. I can keep my wits. It's on the floor. If it's coming towards me, I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to freak out. All right. But the fact that it's on the ceiling. Oh, if it's. Oh, my gosh, dude. Even just thinking about it. If it's coming down from the ceiling, I'm out. I mean, I'm I'm out. If it's on the wall. I almost wish I got my camera out. Oh, instead. my gosh. But, yeah, you're not that fast. Mm -mm, not that, mm -mm. Okay. So, listen. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> We're going to talk about the Jethro Principle. Yeah, good. Good. <laughs> the only thing scarier than the Jethro Principle is a spider hovering over my bald head. No. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you guys might not know what the Jethro Principle is. Uh, when I hear Jethro Principle, I think of the Beverly Hillbillies, of course. Um, you youngins will <laughs> know what that is. Uh, but I got we got an email from Pastor Brian Gilmore. And Brian's a thoughtful guy, and he sent us a nice long email that we're going to read to you uh, piece by piece and interact with some of his questions. So... Um, so we're going to answer this, what this whole Jethro Principle is, interact with that, and we're going to get into um, a number of good questions that Brian asked us yeah. as it relates to church growth. Okay? Sounds good. All right, here we go. Ready, go. Uh, Pastor Brian says, on your pastoral care episode, there was a hard number given out that you desire for your church plant not to grow past. That number was 500. Currently, you stated that you were running 250 or so. The reason for the hard number is because y'all... Y'all, so he's from down south. Okay. I didn't, I'm just reading it because y'all agreed you could not shepherd a group much larger than 500 well. This gave me a yellow flag of warning to wonder about your mode of operations. Oh, I'm glad he, okay. All right, so let's clarify a couple of things. Um, we are not a church plant, we are a church. Uh, we started as a church plant, but yeah. uh, we are self sustaining and we plant other churches out of us. So, just for clarity, in case anybody was wondering, um, 
uh, we've never said 500 is our hard number. Um, What we have said is we don't, for the way that we do ministry and the way that we conceive of pastoral care and taking care of the body, we don't like congregations for us that hit 500. So we like it under that, actually. And uh, really, 350 is probably to, to four. At the oh, top here's end. your hard number. It makes me wonder about your mode of operation, Joe. No, fag. <laughs> we're right, playing so, with you, Brian. We're playing. All right. So, um, so, yeah, we're running like 260, 270 right now. Yeah. Uh, if you count the babies. And uh, so, yeah, the reason we like that number uh, of, of, you know, just a few hundred people is because it allows for a few things. In our experience and in the way that we particularly do ministry. It allows our people to have a greater sense of shared community with the yeah. entire body yep. than it is possible when you get to 600, 700, 800. It also allows the a, a, a group of pastors to know the people fairly well. Um, beyond a certain number, it's it's pretty difficult for the group of pastors to function together. You wind up having teams of pastors who operate in teams, disconnected from one another, trying to take care of all of the people. So it is a general principle that yeah. we, as a particular church, operate under. Uh, because not because we think it should be for anybody else. This is how we want to do it because of how we value pastoral care and how we practice pastoral care. Fair no, enough. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so then he goes on to say, after listening to the God Calling episode, I would like to see how you guys are wrestling through the following thoughts. Number one, does the Jethro principle, Exodus 18, 13 through 25, only speak to the foundation of elders, or does it go further than the office of elder? Do you see two? Do you see a model where the Jethro principle is reinforced by Jesus feeding the 5,000 in Mark 639? And then he has a clarification. Please know that I see the Jethro model as a description of operation, not so much as a prescription. I think our current leadership studies affirm the model with the current suggested number for churches to hire new staff is around 150 to one ministerial staff. Um, Okay, so a couple of things here. Does the Jethro principle only speak to the foundation of elders? I do not believe it speaks to the foundation of elders. Um, the, The Jethro principle is fundamentally... Um, goodness, it's about delegation. Yeah, I and think I just, so. I just like the word delegation. Yeah, I don't want just, to call it the Jethro Principle. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I just don't like that kind of a thing called the Jethro Principle. Um, but what you see happening in that situation in Exodus is in order to care for the people, you need to divide up the labor. That's the issue. So yeah, respons- it's got to be shared leadership. Responsible delegation, shared leadership. Yeah. And so that that is, I believe, a principle of elder rule. And um, elder leading. Plurality? Yeah, you need a plurality yeah. of elders who function in parity with one another. We've talked about that before. So do I see a model where the Jethro principle is reinforced by Jesus feeding the 5,000 in Mark 639? No. Yeah, I don't see. Because yeah. he's, how else is it going to get done? He's just delegating to his disciples what needs to happen. This is, we're talking delegation. So uh, that would be our response. That would be my response to that. Anything you want to add so far? No, no, I think we're on the same page. I think we're on the same page. So we've explained the Jethro principle uh, in general, right? Uh, We've got this situation where... Where Moses is from from day and night. I mean, all day, morning. He busy. He busy. He busy. uh, And he's hearing all the questions, concerns. He's making all the decisions. You know, uh, he's speaking into people's lives. He's going to suffer burnout. He's... yeah, he's going to have that ministry burnout, uh, and his father-in-law, Jethro, sees it's unhealthy. It's now, he's right. a leadership expert, Jethro. Yes, leadership. He uh, he took an Andy Stanley class. Yeah, and, 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 and Maxwell. And Maxwell. Yeah. And uh, said, hey, man, 
you need to find some people that you can kind of delegate these things to and share this responsibility. And, right. this lead. and only the big things, the big issues, big cases come to you. Yeah, pyramid scheme. <laughs> and, you get, and you get a cut of yeah, every single... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. It. <laughs> All right. So uh, now the, the Jethro principle then is identifying a real and legitimate problem. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do not believe it is specifically prescriptive. Um, so I, we might be in agreement here with our, with our brother, Brian, pastor Brian. Um, and then he, uh, he says, he says this in his email, basically my curiosity has me wondering, do you set the hard numbers and then develop new church planters because the calling of God has you capped at 500? Um, so hmm. no, no. Um, again, hard numbers, uh, you know, we're, we're not, first of all, we're not exploding with growth. So it's really not even an issue. Like, well, uh, no, we can't. We uh, we just can't maintain that growth. The, uh, like what I'm talking about is our space won't allow yeah, that but, kind but, of growth. But we but we haven't even run into the barrier yet. Like where we can't have any more people in the building. We get close, but we're getting. Close. Know, oh yeah, Jimmy and I argue about this. We, we argue nobody, about nobody it all the time. All right. So, um, so uh, why the way we develop new church planters and send out church planters is based on who God gives us. So we don't put out word we're looking for some new church planters church planters come in and they come in and then we train them and send them out or anything like that because we have, i mean we have had inquiries of people that oh, wanted yeah. to we're like well hold on no we kind of do this from within right based on the needs of uh of our people and based on the giftedness of the people in the yep. church that want to do that yeah so we actually don't bring people in for this um, as god brings people to us who are a part of our church who feel called to ministry and called to plant then we develop them we train them and we send them and it doesn't matter what size we're at we, we we sent our first church planter out before we were a hundred in yeah. size. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yep. and then we and we then we send out another one, and then we sent out another one, um, and each time they go, we'd say take as many of our people as you want. Well, as many as are willing to go. They can't just take people they want. Yeah, yeah. They have to. People have to want to go. And only like C C grade, not A and B grade. No, no the A and B stays no, with us. No, no, a, and and no. A, and no top, no top tithers. No, the, well, that's the A and B grade. Yeah, that's, that's right. what we're talking. About. <laughs> We're all about the money. No, we uh, we tell and like Tom. So when Pat Tom was our most recent church planter, he went out and the people that he took with him that ah, wanted to still go, man, I don't want to talk about they it. They're awesome Christians. They're hardcore, like sold out. Come on, Tom. Godly people. Quit taking good people. So, at anywho, um, so that that's how we do it. So it's very much like God provides. Yeah. We develop them and we send yeah. them out and we do our thing. So that, I hope that makes sense in terms of how we. Um, how we do stuff. Um, and then Pastor Brian asked another question. He said, are your CGs, that's our community groups, are they open or closed groups? Do you challenge your community groups to multiply or start new groups? What are the job descriptions of the community group leaders? How many leaders in a community group team? Please know that I'm aware of the testimonies y'all have given about your CGs doing ministry. Um, Already as pastoral care. Please don't. Okay, so yeah, he's turned a statement a into a question. Yeah, he, yeah. he turned a statement into a question. Hey, Brian, man, proofread your stuff. <laughs> um, okay, so then maybe you need to define what pastoral care is. We certainly do and have. Um, so when we talk about our our community groups, Jimmy, are they open or closed? Uh, they're open. That's right. So who can go to a community group? Anybody. Anybody can go. So we don't. We're not telling who who gets to go where and no. why is that. Uh, because some we we base our community groups off of, and I know Pastor Pat has already shared this. This is Pastor Pat's area. This, yeah, um, <clears throat> this is his role. That's his role. He and he knows his role. He knows his role is um, so it's based on it, a lot of it's geographical, right? Like what 
what's the area so that's we have them spread out we have multiple cities around us exactly so what meets in your city if you if but if that day works for you or that time works for you or maybe there's another group where there's maybe a stronger connection you know because of youth and and children and th- you know what i mean our right. women's ministry men's ministry whatever it is so i mean we just i, I got people that come from Aurora, which is about two towns over. I mean, when I say that, it's only twenty minutes away, right. right? Everything's connected here. Yeah, but they pass. They pass like two or three groups. Oh yeah, to come to my group. Well, that that's because oh, the, I, you know, I got the best group. Yeah, the that, well, not the best group, I got but the a, best good, group. a very good group. Probably the second best group. I got the best group. Uh, the second best. And group. so, uh, but I mean, it's because there's a relationship there. There's, right. There's a relational. There's that component. We've we've spent a lot of time together. We've prayed together. We've cried together. We've shared life together. I know Joe hates when people say that kind of stuff. I don't like sharing life. We're loving on. <laughs> and we love on each other. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I mean, yeah, we, we don't, it's open. It's open. Anyone yeah. can go. And whether you're a member or a non-member, we're encouraging yep. everyone to get involved. Find a, find a CG. That's and right. nobody, nobody gets hurt feelings or anything like that. So you, you, you pick your community group. Because of maybe approximation, yep. right, locale, or uh, because of the time. Yep. Some days uh, work better for others. Ex- yep. Absolutely. Or because of relationships. So it doesn't really matter. So what about that? When he says, do you cap it? Um, well, he doesn't actually ask that. Um, oh, I thought he did. No, I, I don't see that in here. Uh, maybe oh, that extra okay, question I'm, mark confused oh. me. But um, we, we oh, he actually did ask this. Um Somewhere here, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you challenge your CGs to multiply or start new groups? Yeah. So it's implied there. Um, and yes, uh, it's well, we don't issue the challenge. Um, we tell them it is a necessity at some point. At some point, yeah. To multiply because your group becomes too large. When you're and, and what happens is at some point when the group hits a, a certain number, and this could be – you know, 15 or more people, maybe 16 to 20 people. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. But we don't have a hard number. No. But – your, your, your group reaches a certain stage, and what tends to happen is a few things. Number one, uh, sometimes people will feel like, well, maybe I don't need to go tonight. After all, if I'm not there, people might not feel it as much because there's so many people there. I'm not going to be missed. I know that's not appropriate, but we all tend to have that. You know, if it's only a, if it's a small group and you, you kind of know, like, I need to be there. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that happens is when the group gets too big and an outsider comes into that group, they oftentimes feel like, well, there really isn't a place for me here. Because this group is already established. It's really yeah. big. Um, and actually, so they have I've, I've actually uh, I've been struggling through that with my group. Mm-hmm. Like I, at some point we were having the discussion about multiplication at, at needed. And I, I really noticed it when a new person started coming. Yeah. And then like they asked, they like, were coming for a few weeks, getting involved. <clears throat> but then they asked a question. They, they asked, how long have you guys been meeting? I told them, you know, a few years. It's been the same group. Like, yeah, we walked alongside each other a couple of years. Really, you know, we're really tight, really close. And we, we, we really reached out to this person to keep. Right. But then all of a sudden they drifted away. Right. And I felt like part of it was like no one wants to uh, yeah. walk into a movie halfway through. Yeah. And like this is, I mean, and maybe a little, certainly a little, but I did feel a little uncomfortable. Like, wow, these people, and again, people got to get over it. But wow, same group of people for three years. Yeah. I'm is, the new guy. Is there a click? Is, am I, yeah. I going to have a place here? You know, and we, like I said. Oh, your people would have just received them and embraced them. And oh, yeah. Just, the ladies fine. went way, you know, and they still they still actually try to reach out to her. And yeah, um, and yeah. she still comes to church. So we're really but we're encouraging her to get involved in, in ACG. Yeah, you know? that's cool. That's cool. So. Um, so, yes, we do encourage our, our churches, our, our small groups to uh, multiply uh, the starting of new groups. It's a whole different process. Uh, Pastor Pat works with guys training them up. There's a whole process for that. And we start new CGs as they are needed. 
Um, what are the job descriptions of CG leaders? That's rather a lengthy uh, sort of a thing. But our CG leaders are um, it, it's it's not a biblical office, yeah. but it is a a position that we establish, a leadership position that we establish. A teaching position. Yeah, where they are, um, these are men that uh, that will teach in accordance with our doctrinal statement, and they are mentored and coached and um, overseen by Pastor Pat and the elders. Yep. They, uh, they facilitate the discussion. They are looking for new leaders to be raised up and trained within their small groups. And we talked about pastoral care that they do, and we're using that term pretty broadly. Yeah. But when you are leading a Bible study or when you are essentially one of the people that is doing some discipleship, you will wind up uh, praying with people, helping them think through issues. You'll be doing some counseling. And those are very generally and broadly a pastoral care kind of ministry. So if we're asking what is pastoral care, we can get very specific and say, well, well pastoral care – is the active investment of the elders yeah. into the lives of the people that is um, driven by the ministry of the word. All right. And I just made that up, but I think that's fairly accurate. Um, so now we're saying pastoral care in a more broad, generic sense when we say this is applying to our community group leaders. And the reality is, is, uh, you know, community group leader might very well become an elder. You know, like a, a CG leader is good training ground for larger responsibilities agree, in yeah. ministry. Yeah. Um, let's see. Have you already, maybe you need to, okay. I think we did all that. Yeah. But I think so he continues on. Uh, Brian says there are so many thoughts going on in my head. Not sure this is making sense, but basically I want to challenge you in your growth model. Oh, here we go. Here's what he says. You don't challenge God's anointed son. <laughs> the but mantle it, has been given to us. The mantle is, it is intact. It is in charge <laughs> here. It's present. If God has deemed it appropriate for you to expand past 500, are you able to see how that can be organized in a healthy fashion? Of course, yeah. is the answer. Of course. Yeah. Listen, if, if we had that conversation. Yeah, if God causes explosive, fast growth, um, A, it will probably kill me, so there'll be a new lead pastor here anyways. B, yes, uh, we, you have to adapt. Yeah. So we're going to follow God with what he does. Um, but our growth is, is small. Listen, we are a reformed Baptist church that's heavy on doctrine that really encourages people to be very um, close and transparent with one another in friendships. And we have a, a pretty janky, dumpy building that's not very attractive. So no, no, we thank, don't put on thank, a big show with lights. Praise and you, all God, for this building. So we, here's we the thing. Like, we, don't, we don't get a ton of, you know, it's, we're not super attractional. <laughs> we just no, put it that way. No. But yes, if God starts to blow us up, of course, we will. We'll lean into it. Um, yeah, we absolutely will lean into it. Now, but here's the thing. Um, are you able to see how that can be organized in a healthy fashion? Um, I would say that there are pros and cons to small churches and large churches. And the cons that come with the larger churches that are hitting a thousand and more um, are cons that you oftentimes don't experience in the smaller churches. We have different pros and cons. Um, and I prefer the cons of the smaller churches to the cons of the bigger churches. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll roll with whatever God wants to do. All right. And then he asks another well, question. Hold on, but can oh. you see it organized in a healthy fashion? I guess. And, I, well, I, I feel I, like that's almost like a loaded question. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's a load. All right. No, I'm just, I'm dude. We're totally kidding. We're busting on you because we like you. It's like we bust on each other. Um, yeah, I, I think you can organize a large church in a healthy fashion. Yes. Um, I, I do tend to believe 
that smaller churches have the potential to be healthier than larger churches. Uh, maybe that's not fair, and I could be totally wrong, but I do tend to think that way, just being honest. All right, so then he has another question. Uh, is your cap on growth because of government regulations on how big a church can be in square footage? Uh, no. No. That's no, a, that, that never that's crossed our mind. weird question. Do you identify more with Dr. Mark Dever and that you should not have more than one worship service? Yeah, I, I kind of like Big D on that one. Yeah. I, the, here's the thing. In some senses, we yes, we would prefer to have one service where all of the people in our church are gathered together in one gathering, singing with one voice, hearing the word preached as one, um, you know, sharing in the Lord's Supper. We want to be one people. And when you start to have multiple services, the one people dynamic does start to suffer. Yeah. So ideally, yes, but it's often impractical and we are there. We have a small worship space, which seats about 150 and we have 260, 270 people every Sunday. Yeah. So we got two services. Yeah. We and don't we might, want, and possibly we might have to go to three. We are not going to three. At some we point. We are not going to three. Joe, we uh, are not. If God has deemed it appropriate. Okay. First well, of all, don't speak blasphemy. <laughs> if God three, if God deems it appropriate, are you able to see how we can be organized in Mark three Dev services Mark, in a healthy I'll tell fashion? you right now. I'll tell you what. Mark Dever says three services is the unholy trinity. You do. You never go to three. McD says that? Oh, yeah. All the time. Um, I he says, I do know within your Acts 29 network that there are churches larger than 500 that can give you a model to work with. Yes, uh, we know that. We're very familiar with them. We, I'm very good friends with pastors of large churches. We've read extensively on church growth, on church management, on church planting. Um, I, you know, I've got a BA uh, from Moody Bible Institute and an MDiv from Southern Seminary, so we have to read a lot of that stuff. Um, and it's been good because it's given me a broad exposure to a lot of different ideas. Yeah. And systems yeah. that I may not always agree with. I also know that with Acts 29, they assigned Alexander Strzok's book on biblical eldership to help their guys with their ecclesiology. So I have that as a common ground for discussion. Absolutely. Great um, book. Yep, been reading Strzok since before 829 existed. Love, love it. Love it, love it, love um, it. Discuss. Yeah. What do, you, what do you give me the look for? No. I give me the look. I'm not give me the look. All right. So then he says, just food for thought to wrestle through. Oh, wait, wait. Yep. Is that everything? All right. Just food for thought to wrestle through. Please know I am on the team. Which team is that? The, the a Jofo. Is it the A team? The oh. B team? Or is it Team Jofo? Team Jofo. It's Team Jofo. Uh, he's, cheering, he's cheering us on. Thank you for the podcast and the banter. I am praying for Jim Fofo to finally finish his last paper to be a full-fledged elder. Thanks, brother. If y'all are ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area again, let me know. I can treat you to dinner sometime. Tell you what, brother. You send us some Krispy Kremes. <laughs> you send us a box of Krispy Kremes to 1125 Oak Street, St. Charles, Illinois, 60174, care of Jofo. Uh, yes, we will. I'll send you something. Oh, I like, you heard I like it. the, not, did I say Krispy Kreme? Yeah. God forgive me. Uh, yeah. Well, I hate Krispy Kreme. I'm surprised you said that. I hate Shipley's Donuts. Yeah, well, I'm like, all right. Well, Shipley's Donuts. I'm not going to Krispy Kreme are the worst donuts ever. Shipley's Donuts. Oh, my goodness. I totally ruined everything. Sorry about that, Brian. Hey, like our church. You ruin everything. I ruin everything, man. I ruined the Jethro like principle. Like our church growth. I, I ruined the regulative principle. I ruined <laughs> all the principles. Hey, listen, seriously, uh, we do appreciate that. We appreciate the pushback and yeah. you know, it makes us talk through these things and, and think about them. So absolutely. We know that we could be wrong in some of our um, ideas and some Maybe. of our thoughts. And uh, we're probably not. But you know, it's possible. You know, um, And you know, it's possible that Jesus is going to come back in two seconds. 
but just like no, that yeah, didn't no, happen. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah. Probably not we're not wrong. wrong. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate that. And listen, we are a young church, uh, Brian. We're a young church, 10 years old. We're still figuring things out as a church. Mm-hmm. Like we can have, you can have all the study in the world. You can read books and do all this stuff, but it's the active years in ministry. I've been a pastor for 19 years, but I've really only been a part of a church that's growing and really vibrant and healthy for the past 10. Yeah. So we got a lot of growing and a lot of growing up to do. So we appreciate you and your email. Love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast. You can hit the store and sign up for the 2018 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. Speaking about that conference, Joe, mm-hmm. we've got a guarantee. We've got a money-back guarantee. We do? Oh, yes. I know we a- talked about something. But I wasn't paying absolutely. attention. Oh, I remember. We've got the rapture-back guarantee. All right. If. If. If for some reason you sign up and register and you pay the full registration price. Yep. And if it turns out that the whole pre-trib, pre-millennial thing is true and Jesus comes back to take us away before the tribulation. We'll give you your money back. You give your money back. There you go. All right. (laughs) I I forgot all about that. We talked about that at the cigar shop. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday blog post on Wednesdays. Video content Fridays later. Unless Jesus comes back.